morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike Juzy Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey everybody, I still like Jew Rule the best so far. Not Nazoltov is my favorite, mm. but you're in my phone as LL Cool Jew. I mean, that's a classic throwback, but the, yeah, yeah um, Nazoltov, I like that one. It's a little, I like, Juzy's all right. Hey everybody, how are you doing? Hey well, Matt, how's your week? Juante. Right, so I, mean, I did, yeah. you know, Juante and Juzy. Juzy, yeah. I, I like mm. that better. Or we could we could go with um I don't even know what they're Jew Ivy. Jew Ivy. Jew <laughs> Ivy. Jew Ivy Cohen. Hey everybody, how are you doing? And hey Matt, how are you doing? I am hot, I am sweaty, but you know what? I am here for the people. That's I am also hot and sweaty for the people. You know what's got me extra hot sweaty for the people. You may or may not have noticed, Matt and the people. But I got a haircut, finally. Yes, you did. And it is not terrible. It is a good, serviceable haircut. Really, the biggest problem here is I just styled it poorly. But the hair itself is amazing. So I want to give a shout out to my wife, who cut hair for the first time today. This hair right here. Very happy about it. It is definitely a perfectly, I now can campaign for VP without looking like something is terribly wrong in my life. She she did a wonderful job. Thank you. Spike, I will tell her Spike's that. Spike's wife did a wonderful, wonderful job. Shout out Spike, Spike's wife, and um, as always. Um, so first and foremost, allow me to thank Benjamin Daniel Morris Chestnut the seventh, seventh, for the kava that I am drinking on today's episode. And allow me to thank the blue Denzel Washington, um, uh, Michael Jai White, the blue water. This ultra pure drinking water that I'm drinking on this Boulevanaka. That is water. And and as always, I'd like to point out this bottle is this is like the old school. Some of you kids don't know what these bottles are like. This is what all water bottles used to be like thick. And like even if it wasn't filled with water, you could smash someone over the head, rendering them unconscious. Unlike this new, you know, cellophane, you know, SJW bottles that everyone's using yeah, now that are as thick as this if this this not top. even yeah i mean it's like cellophane this this is what you use when you want to club a sea turtle on its way to live what could have been a 400 year life and instead you just this episode is brought to you by the libertarian party dad bod calendar featuring some of the most sexy libertarian men all of them right there being me uh, that you can get. Uh, it ships for only $12, including shipping. Uh, it has me and 11 other incredibly sexy libertarian men. If you want to engage in social distancing, there's no better way to do it than to have sexy libertarian men hanging from everything you own. So for only $12, including shipping, libertariandadbod.com. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, Matt, the fastest growing Waffle House Caucus. I just sent out some more buttons waffle house buttons earlier today be sure to get your waffle house buttons by inboxing us today to find out how to do that and this episode of course is brought to you by murder hornets murder hornets are gonna they're gonna kill all of us 
That's what the, the murder hornets are actually going to kill all of us. And this episode is brought to you again by the Libertarian Coronavention happening May the 22nd and 23rd on Zoom. On Zoom. It's actually not the convention. That's just when they're going to nominate Vermin Supreme and me to be the next president, vice president of state. But also, this episode is brought to you by Henry McMaster. Still a bit. Still a bit, Henry McMaster. Do you have birds there, or is that me? Okay. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's birds outside. I live in okay. the forest, so the forest creatures come and, and sing little songs to me while I... I kept hearing it, and I was like, where is that coming yeah, from? Yeah, no, it's probably it's probably here. Birds are giving me their, their evening song. So, thank you all for tuning in. And... We, go ahead. It, it it is so hot in here. It is ninety <laughs> degrees in this house right now. I'm Are like, you okay? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm fine, but it's like I'm like looking at myself, and this shirt is now just sticking. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a fun episode. No, very. It looks fun. It looks like you're having fun. So, uh, Patrick okay. S. Back asks, um, uh, well, first, Seth Thomas Benton asks, is this gonna get a copyright notice as well? I don't think so. Uh, it, so probably. <laughs> so, and Patrick S. Back asked, are there drugs involved with your pregame ritual? No, we are both uh, many years sober between two. Uh, yes. Good question. Speaking of someone who may or may not um, are maybe, oh, uh, Trisha Butler says, my sister Janelle Helms wants to know how many people are fake sponsoring this episode. It's not fake, Trisha. It's- this is real. We, we got have one, one real sponsor with Chris. Oh Reynolds. God, we didn't even have a paid sponsor. Yeah. Where's okay? Chris uh, Reynolds Law. Like Chris Reynolds, personal yeah. injury attorney, uh, attorney at law. Chris Reynolds, ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. If you are in the Tampa Bay area and, for example, are going to a coronavention and uh, find yourself personally injured in any real stand of and monetarily. Uh, financeable way for, be sure to get for all the libertarians who show up to orlando for the actual convention in july i think if you happen to have a slip and fall at the hotel call chris reynolds chris reynolds personal interview at law chris reynolds law.com but Jan- but Janelle and Trisha, you need to know the Murder Hornets has paid us an absurd amount of money for the for their sponsorship. Oh like, and they promise not to murder us. Well, that was part of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you you would be shocked at their negotiating. Partly revolves around not murdering us. But speaking of not murdering us, we have some great news for you, folks. Donald Trump. The president of these United States is warning us about one of the greatest political crimes in American history. Uh, he he uh, tweeted Obamagate exclamation point, and that apparently means something. But he did tell us more. Uh, so this is some breaking news here. 
Mr. President, in one of your Mother's Day tweets, you appear to accuse President Obama of the biggest political crime in American history by oh. far. Those were your words. What crime exactly are you accusing President Obama of committing, and do you believe the Justice Department should prosecute him? Uh, Obamagate. It's been going on for a long time. It's been going on from before I even got elected, and it's a disgrace that it happened. And if you look at what's gone on, and if you look at now all of this information that's being released, and from what I understand, that's only the beginning. Uh, some terrible things happened, and it should never be allowed to happen in our country again. And you'll be seeing what's going on over the next, over the coming weeks. But I, and I wish you'd write honestly about it. But unfortunately, you choose not to do so. Yeah, John, please. Crime. What is the crime exactly that uh, you're accusing him of? You know what the crime is. The crime is very obvious to everybody. All you have to do is read the newspapers, except yours. Uh, John. <laughs> so I, I, I absolutely love every response he gave here. Every single one of them. I'm just like, you know what it you is. Know, I. I expect nothing less yeah, and no, nothing is, more. This is, is just nothing more. This was peak Donald Trump. Peak. This was what people elected and why they elected. Because only Donald Trump. First of all, Mr. we just talk about real quick? He's got everyone having, I wish I could like pause that. He makes everyone get up and bend down to a mic, which for some reason is down here. For the, I guess the one three foot tall reporter. So everyone is having. I was going to say the one reporter in a, in a wheelchair or something, because God knows you couldn't just knock it down for them. Everyone has to essentially prostrate themselves before Donald Trump with their mask on, so you don't have to. They don't have to look at your face. And then, Mr. President Trump, uh, what it, what the hell are you talking about? But like they have to do it like this and kind of look up to like the Japanese bow talking. It's very interesting. I wonder there. if that's why he did it, so they'd have I to show a sign of respect every single time. Every day, the microphone goes down one centimeter. <laughs> over time, by the end, by the end of his, if he gets the second term, by the end of the second term, people are going to fly on the floor. I just have one question for you. And he'll be like, you know what I'm talking about. No one wants to hear what you have to say. Next question. And then he has to get up. The next person has to grovel on the ground. So good news there. Uh it appears that um it's slow news day because uh Donald Trump had to fill it with that. Yeah. And I mean so, so good good news there. As, good news there. Yeah and I mean as far as Obamagate if you can name a president that we've ever a former president that's ever been prosecuted. Well, especially, I mean, to be fair, he has a lot of evidence that Obama has done something, a, something. a great crime. He is. Um, He's done so that we'll, Obamagate. So we will be covering that in the weeks to come, as that is sure, certain to be an actual thing that we can talk about. Uh, speaking of actual things that have been unfolding slowly and painfully, uh, Tara Reid. Matt. Tara Reed. He had a situation. He did. He had a bit of a situation. Um, she obviously is the woman who is accusing Joe Biden of sexual assault. Uh, she says that she was supporting Elizabeth Warren during the primary, but uh, she was a little hurt when Warren came out in support of Biden, uh, completely dismissing Reed and her accusation. And now this is not 
uh, the first person who has this misread, even Kristen. Kristen or Kirsten? Kristen, right? Kristen. Yes, Kristen Gillibrand. Because she looks like a Kirsten. So Kristen, she, she does. She has a very Kirsteny look. She looks very Kirsteny. Yeah, but not Kirsty like Kirsty Alley, like Kirsten. Anyway, uh, Kristen maybe Gillibrand. Kirsten. Or a Kirsten, yeah. She looks right. Uh, she uh, her now she uh, is a famous uh, senator of New York, junior senator of New York. Uh, her father was the lawyer for Nexium. Nexium. Now you say that. Nexium, Nexium, which was a rape cult. Uh, uh, she said, Vice President Biden has vehemently denied these allegations, and I support Vice President Biden. Hashtag believe all women prior to this year. <laughs> Be- believe all women but Tara Reid. Yeah, believe everyone uh, but Tara Reid. Uh, her, fa- <laughs> her father, uh, when he left Nexium, close to 15 years ago, 2006, uh, he was paid $100,000 by Nexium in the league. Wow. Um, some of this money actually went to Gillibrand. Ah. So this entire story is mainly to say that Kirsten, Kristen, Kirsten Gillibrand has <laughs> supported the abuse of women for at least 14 years. Or been supported by it. Or yep. been supported by it. Supported it, and it supported her, making her even more Kirsten-y. I don't know why we're beating up on Kirsten's. Anyway, uh, speaking I don't of Joe Biden. I don't either. I, I wrote that yesterday, and I was just kind of like, why am I hitting Why am I hitting Gillibrand right now? Well, nah, whatever. No, we're going to hit Kirsten. She, she earned it. She deserves it, and you know it's what needs to happen. But so speaking of Joe Biden, he's also garnered a lot of support from the top-tier Democrats. But shockingly, Matt, uh, Bill Clinton has yet to go public in support of of Joe Biden. That's weird. You would have thought that he would have done that basically as soon as he got the nom, like as soon as he became the uh, nominee, the presumptive nominee. I mean, there's no reason he wouldn't. Right. Reason he wouldn't. Uh, Breaking news, Matt. We have gotten a hold of audio of Bill Clinton doing just that. Just came in off our presses here wire. off the off wire the press wire. the press wire that we have here on the on this we just we just got this right here uh we are told that this is audio of bill clinton endorsing endorsing uh joe biden and uh we're being told that we'll be able to figure out why it wasn't released this is a leak by the way hey there joe your old buddy bill here i just wanted to send out my quick congratulations on being the presumptive Democratic nominee for uh, president this year. And uh, first, I want to say thank you for not running back in 2016 because, well, I don't know what Hillary would have asked me to do to you. So I'm glad you didn't force me into that situation. <laughs> uh, also, just wanted to say that I really do like your style of dealing with the, with the ladies, the whole sniffing thing and the rest of it that you do with the fingers and all that. That's Show some real class and uh truly respect it. Good stuff. You got some good stuff going going there. It'll be uh real good to get a uh Democratic hound into office again. We got a Republican hound in there now and just be better to get a Democratic one in there. 
if you know what I mean. <laughs> You're going to have all my support, brother. And uh, if you need anything, you just let me know. Because I got you. Good luck in the race. And, um, you know, just keep keep on doing what you're doing. I thought we were going to have Sierra do this kind of stuff. That wasn't that wasn't you or me. That was Bill Clinton. That's true. That's true. Hashtag, that was Bill Clinton. Hashtag keep uh, banging. Hashtag uh, <laughs> keep banging. Keep banging. Um, so yeah, they might want to tweak that a little bit. That, that you that definitely was, need to remessage that slightly. Um, yeah, that, that was not a good. That was not a good endorsement. Yeah. Now speaking of Clintons, Hillary Clinton uh, has seen some interesting movement in her chances of becoming the uh, the Democratic nominee instead of Biden in November, Matt. Yeah, um, due to the uh, due to the recent allegations against Biden and uh, the gaffe that he has been so famous of committing during his online campaign, Hillary has jumped to eight to one to win the Democratic nomination, and she's not even running. Eight to one, um, a jump of this size, obviously means that the DNC has no faith in Biden and should something tra- tragic befall on him or if he were to commit suicide brought on by his dementia, uh, they would have somebody waiting in the wing. I love that. <laughs> Where did you... you... It was I put Hillary gift and that came up. So <laughs> the... Because I thought it would be the wow one, like... Oh, but then oh. that came up and I'm like, okay, that's perfect. So here's the thing. Imagine being a, a Democrat operative and you're thinking, we got to get rid of Joe Biden. He's going to destroy everything. He's everything that, you know, we say bad about Trump. He also is. And we have to replace him with someone who has a shot of beating. You know who we need to replace him with? The one he already beat. When he was not an incumbent. And people right. weren't already comfortable with him acting the way he does every day. That. That is the person that we need to get in here right now. The one that the activists hate the most is who we need to go with. And that's, uh, that's what... Uh, that's what the Democrats seem to be thinking on this one. And No, I'm not, not, no, I'm not saying that. Okay, I will say this. I would still, if I were to place a bet, which I wouldn't, if I were to place a bet, Joe Biden would be the nominee. But it wouldn't be a big one. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I think every... I don't think they're going to get rid of him, but I wouldn't bet against it either. I mean, when you consider the fact he has not been nominated yet, every opportunity has been given for them to say, you know what? This is too much. We need to go with someone else. And they are plowing ahead. And I've seen many tweets from people saying, you know, I'm a dyed in the wool Democrat. Biden is going to lose. I'll even vote for him. But Biden's going to lose. This is our chance to get rid of him, to replace him with someone else. Not Hillary Clinton, but someone else who isn't an accused rapist, who is mentally deteriorating by the week. Let's get with six months to go. Let's get the wife of an accused rapist who's mentally deteriorating. Yeah, mentally deteriorating and everyone already hates and right. blames for Donald Trump being president. 
That'll yeah. do it. Yeah. So speaking of murderers, back in February of this year, oh, oh I need I forgot I didn't learn how to say. I was saying Ahmad, but apparently it's like Amud. Um, it's like, yeah, it's Amud Arbery. Yeah, it's like uh, so. We'll just say Amud, and if that's not it, then we apologize. But I believe it's Amud. Um, but um, uh, Amud Arbery uh, was jogging a few miles away from his home. Uh, he walked into a construction site and walked around looking around. Which I want to just clear the air a little. bit. I've done that before. Most of us have done that before. Stop somewhere and walk through a home being built just out of curiosity. I've done it, I can't even tell you how many times. And was I technically committing misdemeanor trespassing? Sure. Did I hurt anything? No. Do I deserve what we're about to talk about for doing that? Absolutely not. So I've I've done that before. I've done that within the last five years. I've done that before. And, you know, you walk in, you're taking a look around, you know, a construction, a house that's being built, like not... I'm not saying a construction site, obviously, like this situation, um, was just a house being built, not like it's some huge skyscraper kind of thing. Yeah, it was like just a house a, being built. Yeah, I've done yeah. this multiple times. Yep. And it's just, I go in to kind of try to figure out what it's going to look like, because I will probably never be in that house. Just curiosity of like what a layout's <laughs> going to look like. We like, I mean, I've, I've done it so many times around, uh, around our neighborhood and it, neighboring neighborhoods, especially when it's like these big palatial houses, you want to walk through and like, oh, where's this stuff going to be? You're not taking anything. And again, if if the owner showed up and was like, hey, get the hell out of here, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I was just curious, whatever. The police come up and say, hey, get out of here. Okay, fine, I'm sorry, whatever. Like, I'm not saying I have the right to do that or anything else. I'm just saying people have done it and it's not deserving of what happened to uh, a, a mood after, after the fact. Right. And Seth Thomas Benton in the uh, comments there says they built a subdivision behind my house when I was a teenager and used to do it all the time. Yeah. I think, I think everybody has done this. It's it. Everyone has like, you know, the people that are saying, Oh, you know, he walked into a house. Okay. So then I guess he should be punished by being told to leave because that's essentially what they do. If someone's, you know, walking through, an unfinished property that no one's occupying and it's not theirs and they don't have permission. They say, Hey, skedaddle. And so you skedaddle that, that is typically the punishment, for such a, a heinous crime as walking through an unfinished home, which again, we've all done. Like, this is like saying, Oh, uh, you know, he ran a stop sign. Okay. Yeah, he did. And so I have, bus. not me though. Yeah. But um, so anyway, so here's what happened next. So Super Saiyan Karens, Gregory and Travis McMichaels, uh, and it, Gregory is actually a retired police officer. Uh, so he yep. and his son uh, saw him at the construction site. They grabbed two weapons, jumped into their pickup truck and uh, chased after him after he left uh, and actually got in front of him as he was you know, jogging down the road uh, heading home because he was what, like a couple miles from his house. Yeah, he was about uh, he was about two miles from the house that he lived in. Um, so he was doing apparently a regular jog track, according to his parents. Um, he was doing like just his regular route, and they pulled out in front of him. They were being followed by William Roddy Bryan, who is filming this video that you see up on your TV right now. 
and you can kind of see it's kind of difficult for anybody who hasn't seen this video. He tries to get around the truck. You see him kind of go around to the right of the truck, and then that was when he went after the guy, went after Travis, and you can hear the gunshots. And in that last one, you see him stumble a little bit and fall. Yep. And so he so he died on on site, and the again here's the timeline. He walked through a house, not their house, just a house. They decided to pull a citizen's arrest on him. And because he... Now, put yourself in his shoes for a minute. Right. You're jogging down the street. You may or may not even realize it has anything to do with that house. But you're jogging down the street, and a truck pulls ahead of you, drives past you, pulls up in front of you, waits for you as you're jogging down the road. And then, you know, someone's sitting on the tailgate, uh, or in, yeah, sitting in the, in, the, um, in, the, in the cab in the back, and the other one's standing by the truck, and they're telling you to, and they're both carrying weapons that they're pointing at you, and they tell you to stop because they need to talk to you. Right. And that you're not going anywhere. And yeah, they're not and uniformed or anything else. They're just two people with guns. They're just two people. And... Yeah, the original report says that that's what happens and that they were shouting, stop, stop, uh, we want to talk to you. We just want to talk to you, stop. If this had been me and two people were like, stop, stop, we want to talk to you, not happening. I'm, just, I'm going to do what he did and run around, and if and you pull a gun, I'm either going to try to run faster yep. or I'm going to do what he did. And I've seen a lot of things online. Um, I'm not going to name that site that I've seen it on. That, that probably many of us follow um but a lot of things online are saying yeah you play stupid games you win stupid prizes why would you attack a guy with a gun because right now his options were he doesn't know if this guy's going to shoot him anyway what uh, play stupid get what option did he have i mean again put yourself in this person's shoes you have two armed men you don't know telling you we want to talk to you you stop you stop no the hell i'm not stopping in in that in his mind he only had one shot and, and to try to, you know, to try to fight for himself. He was defending himself here. The stupid game and stupid prizes is if you murder someone in the middle of the street, you may end up getting the death penalty for it or life in prison for it. That's the stupid prize for the stupid game. The stupid game is not defending yourself against two armed men when you're jogging down the street because right. he's not an armed robber. He didn't have a weapon on him. He didn't have any drugs on him. He had some old priors, which, okay, here's another one. Bringing a gun to school as a kid. I'm not going to say I've done that. I'm going to say that I've heard that I've done that. And then I, uh, what else? Uh, uh, walking through a construction site, shoplifting. Again, another thing that I'll never say that I did as a youth at the mall a few times. Definitely not me. Kids do this stuff. Teenagers yeah. do this stuff. None of these things, and I'm not saying that it's okay to shoplift or that it's okay to, you know, take a gun to school or that it's okay to, you know, walk through someone else's property, even if it's unfinished and unoccupied. What I'm saying is none of that is commensurate with having someone try to stop you in the, in the middle of the street with a gun and then kill you if you try to stop, you know, try to resist that. That's unacceptable. Um, and so... so- 
back in February when all of this happened. Back in February when this initially happened, the Brunswick District Attorney, a woman by the name of Jackie Johnson, blocked police from arresting Greg and Travis because she was friends from she was friends with Gregory from his days as a police officer. Yeah, good old boy stuff. Yep. Great. And this is the reason Jackie Johnson is technically the reason that we all know about this case today. Because had she not blocked this from happening, it probably all would have happened. And Gregory, because the cops said back then, we have reason to uh, arrest these people, to arrest these two men on murder, on felony murder. And Jackie Johnson was like, no, we're not going to arrest him. I'm good friends with Gregory. We're not doing that. And it got swept under the rug. Uh, Amud Arbery's mom recently came out and said that she was exceptionally happy. This isn't in the notes, I don't think. Um, That she was exceptionally happy that this video came out because she was certain that there was going to be no justice for what happened. Yep. And she is 100% correct. There would have been no justice for what happened. Nothing. If, if, If their friend behind them hadn't taken this video they would have made it sound like he was an absolute monster and that they did everything they could to try to resolve it peacefully. And they just couldn't stop. And instead we see what actually happened. Right. Um, Alan Tucker, who is a criminal defense lawyer uh, for William Roddy Bryan. um, Who took, that's who took the video. That's who took the video. Uh, He released the video because as he says, he wanted to promote absolute transparency and he wanted to prevent a riot from happening. Direct, those direct quotes from him. Um, he knew that if something wasn't done and any of this went out, riot. Yep. And if Gregory and Travis get off, riot. Yep, yep. So now, right. yeah, and, and understandably so, because right. this is straight up, First of all, and, and we are two people that try to, at, at, whenever possible to find a reason other than racism or bigotry to attribute to, to a situation. We are not people who are always saying, oh, this was racist, that was racist, this was bigoted or whatever. The underlying current of two white men being able to kill a young black man who may or may not have committed a very petty misdemeanor and to have their also white friend who is in a position of power oh also one of them is a retired cop have one of their white friends who is also a a person in power write off you know what they did because they're friends and to come up with this absolutely ridiculous reason for letting them off that oh well he attacked them and he had priors from you know 10 years ago like they know that he had priors or like that was even germane to the situation then and uh you know you know coming up with every ridiculous conclusion there in in the deep south there is a racial element to this and i have yep. to think that if it had been a, a a white guy jogging down the street after going look going through a house and two black men stopped him in the middle of the street and gunned him down like this after he tried to defend himself against them that a lot of the people that would be knee jerk defending this would also possibly be saying uh you know oh well you know the thugs are taking over our street now there are some people that are very upset right now that you know, might might go the other way and look for excuses. But all that to say that even taking that aside, looking at the power dynamic here, that you have a DA covering for a retired cop who 
basically murdered someone because they were suspicious in the streets, the street in the streets because they were suspicious of them. Yeah. Riots will happen from that. You know, there was a, a meme that went around that said they didn't arrest them because they saw the video. They arrested them because we saw the video. And that's true. That's true. Uh, once, once the video went viral, uh, once the video went viral, it still took a couple of days before yep. they arrested Gregory and Travis. Um, and they charged them with murder and aggravated assault. And they are claiming self-defense in this situation, saying that he attacked them. Two guys, two guys in a truck, as we've already gone over in yep. grave detail and will continue to. Two guys, yep. in, you're out for a jog. Two guys in a truck pull up in front of you, get out, both of them brandishing weapons, and you try to stop one of them from pointing one at you, and you attack them? It is insane. They actually referenced that he was, you know, going after him, them, and their property. Their property being the guns they were pointing at him. Right. Like, I mean, I, if, I, if I go up to someone and say, I'm going to kill you, and they get and this is a gun, and they grab the gun, I'm still the aggressor. They're defending themselves. I initiated all of this. He did not initiate anything by jogging down the street and not wanting to comply with two strangers who were pointing guns at him out of their pickup truck in and the deep the south. People, well, anywhere. And- the people out there, because you'll see this a lot, I, I, while, while doing research for this, because I wanted to make sure that we got everything right, I watched a lot of videos filled with just the most repugnant crap I've ever seen. And they're like, well, in the state of Georgia, it is legal for you to commit uh, a, or to perform a citizen's arrest. So uh, if somebody tells you to stop, you need to. And it's like, no, I don't. I do not need to accept the authority of anybody. And to take that to its full conclusion, that would mean that a mood could have told them, no, you stop. I'm arresting you. Like, give me a I'm break. A, right. Yeah. It makes no sense. Like the, <laughs> the arguments that they're using on it. Absolutely insane. Um, but when luckily once the video did go viral, well, one, it went viral. And like Spike said, they aren't arresting them because they saw it. They're arresting them because we saw it. Many celebrities, politicians weighed in. Uh, saying that this should require a grand jury, and many of them are calling for the prosecution of the McMichaels, which, yes, definitely, do all of that. Personally, I was a little surprised by former Representative Gowdy, uh, yeah. Gowdy uh, yeah, who weighed yeah. in on the incident on Fox News. The background has confidence in. I guess my first question would be, why did it take the video? I mean, if you have someone who is jogging, who is unarmed, who was shot and killed by officers who aren't officers. They're, they're not even law enforcement officers. Why did it take the video? It makes me think back to that, to the shooting in Charleston, where the police officer said he was acting in self-defense, yep. and then the video came out. So, exactly. so, so I, I think what people of color want to know is, where is the justice before it's on video? Because most of this stuff is not on video. Okay. This is a former federal prosecutor, Republican firebrand, like, this is not a left-wing conspiracy. Like, across the board, anyone who is looking at this from either a moral or a legal, you know, a mindset, this was straight-up murder. It was aggravated murder, murder to whatever. It was murder. They planned to kill him, and then they did. Because he had no other option but to either 
comply 100% with everything these two non-police officer, non-identified people did with him, or they were going to kill him, not detain him, not call the police, not observe and, you know, observe and report, kill him. Kill him. And so anybody who's been looking at this online, which maybe it's just me because I wanted to make sure that I got everything right. You're going to see a lot of rumors and you're going to see a lot of memes. So I'm going to dispel a lot of that right now. Uh, He was only a couple miles from his house. He wasn't 87 or 97 or whatever number they put in there. He wasn't 97 miles away. He was only like two miles away. Like we said earlier, the reason that people are saying, oh, he was 87 miles from his house is because his family moved after this incident because they didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. And they moved roughly 87 or 90, whatever. I, the, which I don't blame them. I'd move I 100 miles them. away, too. Uh, he was wearing jogging shoes. I believe they were Nikes, uh, not Timberland boots. So when people are like, oh, well, if he was jogging, why is he wearing Timberland boots? Well, he wasn't. He was wearing Nike shoes. Um, in the video, and in the video where he's seen in the construction site, he didn't take anything. He went in, he walked around, which means at best, he is guilty of misdemeanor trespassing. But the owner of that, of that construction site, I'm not sure if he's the house owner or the guy that owns the construction building. I, I didn't catch that part. Okay. He said, I did not ask those guys to watch that, to watch the house. I did not ask them to act as security on the house. I don't care. He was there. Especially because he didn't take anything. This happens. Like, if you do construction, you know people come in and look around and whatever. Which, by the way, is why they don't leave expensive stuff there. Because they're leaving an open, they're basically leaving an open, you know, thing that you can walk into. They know how this works. And and again, I'm not saying that it should be okay to, you know, trespass on property that's not yours or anything like that. But the way you deal with that is say, hey, get out of here. Like, you know, what what are you doing here? You know, there's no reason for you to be here. Please leave. They didn't do that. They wanted to detain him and see what this was about. And, oh, you, you don't want to you know, do what I say. And, and you know, you want to fight back against two people pointing guns at you. OK, we're just going to kill you. Again, there's two of us, but we're just going to kill you. Uh, l- let's go through some of the comments here. Uh, Trisha Butler says this is absolutely disgusting. It definitely yes. is. I, I was actually just looking at that one going, I'm, we're, we have to read that. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, Seth Thomas Benton uh, says, you know, these two will probably get off pretty easy. Prison time, yeah. Long prison time, probably not. I have that feeling already. Good old boy system. I hope you're wrong. I would not be surprised if you're right, Seth. I think the only possibility of them getting it hit hard is that this is public and national now. Everyone's paying attention. Otherwise, if they had just handled it, you know, if instead of being, you know, ridiculous and, and letting them off, if they had just tried it in, in a quieter situation, they probably would have gotten a slap on the wrist. It might even happen now, but I so, don't know, man. I, I, it, it's so public now. I don't know. The, I don't know. The, the issue that, uh, so yes, looking at, hang on, Burt Brunswick? Brunswick. Looking at Brunswick, yeah, they might kind of get off a little light, you know, because of the good old boy system, as yeah. uh, Seth says. But people are, they are being looked at federally for federal hate crime law. Yeah, I, I think. I think it could gonna... get hit hard there. Yeah. Because people want something. They want something from this. They, they have expectations. And if Brunswick lets them off light, there is a chance they get hit hard federally. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, comment from Libertarian presidential candidate Kevin, Kevin Kenneth Blevins uh, says police officers are six times more likely to commit crimes and 10 times more likely to commit gun crimes than concealed carry permit holders. Just saying. <laughs> that's, uh, that's an impressive stat. That is um, a really impressive stat. That's, uh, talk about serve and protect. Uh, Gary Woods says someone was allowed to stand their ground for self-defense and it sure wasn't the aggressive hillbillies brandishing deadly force. Exactly. Right. He had every right to defend himself stand his ground. Really, he could have, uh, citizens arrested them. Hey, I'm cin- citizens arresting you two for pointing and presenting a firearm. Yeah. And that's another thing you'll see is in the state of Georgia, it's legal for you to, uh, to open carry and uh, residential neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. I don't think you are allowed to point them at somebody. No, there's a, a whole brandishing deadly force. I don't, I don't believe that is allowed. You, you can't like, and I, could a, be, I could be wrong. I don't know Georgia law. That. There is a protocol that needs to be followed when you're trying to detain someone and it doesn't involve, Oh, you are resisting me even slightly. I'll just kill you then. Like, that's not how it works. And if you've put yourself in a situation where someone who was not threatening you is now grabbing the gun that you pointed at them, I got news for you. You created that situation and you're still the aggressor that they're defending themselves against. So, no, hopefully, hopefully that the, the family of, of uh, Amud and, uh, and, and everyone else gets justice on this because it is, it is absolutely. This was a travesty of the entire good old boy system that you yep. see. And you don't just see it in places like Georgia and Alabama. You like you see this everywhere. Yeah, it's a problem. I mean it's thin a big problem here. Protect the thin blue line. Who protects the thin blue line? The thin blue line protects the thin blue line. Yeah, the thin blue line is a circle that protects everything inside of it. And uh and you know, uh, you know, that's how you have statistics like, you know, 40 percent of police officers who admit to being domestic abusers because they're not worried about it. And not that I'm doubting Ken Levins, I would never do that. But since I haven't looked this stat up and according to Ken Blevins, police officers are six times more likely to commit crimes and 10 times more likely to commit gun crimes and concealed carry permit hold. Yep. Yeah. And, and Gary Wood said big difference between carrying and drawing on someone. There's a force ladder. Exactly. Like there's a, a level of, of acceptable escalation. You can't go straight from, uh, hey, excuse me, I want to talk to you to shoot them in, in you know, shoot the kill because they didn't comply. There right, has to be some commensurate to, level of. Go ahead. Yeah, because they didn't listen to two guys forcefully saying, hey, you need to stop. And you're like, no, I don't. Yeah, I'm definitely not stopping. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not stopping for you. Exactly. And if he had stolen anything, I guarantee you that would have been in the report. Because I've had people going, well, we don't know if he stole anything. Okay, well, first of all, the burden of the proof is on them. And yeah. second of all, they didn't have anything. I guarantee heard- you, if he had stolen anything, that would have been in the report. They would have stamped it as mar- as closed. And, and they would now be trumpeting that everywhere far and wide that he had stuff he had stolen. He didn't take the be- The best that I have heard is he took a hammer. That's the best that I've heard. And I don't even know if that, like, yeah, I didn't I, him take it in the video where he's walking around the construction site. I may not have seen all of it. And they say, oh, you can see him drop it in the video. Is like, why would you carry it that far when you see people? Chasing? 
jogging with a hammer. If you were finding yourself having to defend two men who stood in the middle of the street and gunned down a man because he tried to get by them and stop them from shooting him, then you may need to dial it back a bit. I, I remember the people that went to extreme lengths to defend the cop who killed Tamir Rice, who was a 12-year-old kid who was walking around outside with a BB gun and playing gun with a BB gun. And and one of the neighbors called the police and said, I'm pretty sure he has a BB gun, but I just want to make sure everything is okay, you know, because I don't know if it's a real gun and he's, you know, some people are, 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 acting, are scared because they don't know if it's a gun or not. The person who called said, I'm pretty sure it's just a toy gun or a BB gun. I think it was actually not even a BB gun. It was a toy. I forget if it was a BB gun or a toy gun or what. I think, yeah, I think it was an airsoft gun or something. Yeah, it was either airsoft gun, but it looked like a pistol or whatever. And I think it even had the red thing on the end. And, and the person said, I'm pretty sure it's not a real gun. So you know what the police did? They came up within about a foot and a half of him in their police cruiser and told him to put the gun down as they shot him. And this is all recorded. They didn't know it. But it was being recorded on, on one of the security cameras on one of the apartment buildings. And they said, oh, yeah, we tried to stop him. We, we told him to put it down, and he presented it. No, he didn't. They pulled up to him and said, put the gun down, boom. Like, it's on video. And right. the, the, the mental and verbal gymnastic that people went, went through to defend these two cops who rolled up on a kid with what was apparently a fairly obvious toy gun and shoot them if they thought they were in danger why'd they come that close because they weren't in danger right they decided they wanted to kill that kid for whatever reason they decided they wanted to kill that kid and people went through ridiculous ridiculous contortions to defend oh, that so you and you, and you see that all the time especially especially in cases where it's an African-American person who has been, you know, murdered on the street. And this is just, unfortunately, this is not the last time we're going to ha- no, be not. talking about this. No, no. This is just the most recent one. Yep. And hopefully, like, and Trey Gowdy blew my mind with his statement. It, he was 100% that, correct. He is 100% correct. Why does it take a video? Because yep. many times there is no video. And he is 100% correct. How long will it be before we don't need the video before it's like, hey, maybe we should look into this a little bit deeper. Yeah, exactly. I agree 100 percent. You know, we say on the show a lot, if you're pulled over by police. You say, just enjoying my day, I don't answer questions. Am I free to go or am I being detained? And If you're being detained, shut up, shut up, stop talking to them. Here's another thing. Record them. Record the police. Record the police. Live stream the police if you can, because then they can't even delete it. Live stream the police. Say nothing and live stream them. The more they are in front of a camera, it's not a guarantee that they won't abuse you, but they're less likely to do it overall if they know people are watching. You're being live streamed. I don't answer questions. Am I free to go or am I being detained? And then shut up. Shut up and record them. Hashtag record the police. Hashtag shut up. But you know who shouldn't shouldn't shut up is you when you leave messages for us to answer on this our personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds attorney at law anchor call in moment where you can go to anchor 
anchor.fm slash muddied water and press the leave message button, send message button, and you can leave messages for us and we will answer them right here every week on the Muddy Waters of Freedom during the personal injury eternal personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds attorney at law anchor call in moment. And most of the time we don't listen to them beforehand. So yeah, usually we don't have time. Yeah, we you can blindside us. It's really just a great opportunity. If you ever wanted to really like corner us on something, this is the time and the way to do it. Um is to um is to is to do it this way. I'm actually like pulling it up right now. But uh so we have we have four today, is that correct? Uh, I believe so. Okay, we have four. Uh two by personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds. And two by our good old friend Matt the Wonder Boy Hick. Laser legend. Laser oh yeah, laser hashtag laser legend hick. Uh so let's start with the first one here from Chris Reynolds. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your sports segment. It's been a pretty rough couple of uh, months, especially for people who enjoy watching sports. Uh, We really haven't had much of anything. Uh, But that is about to change, um, at least for a little bit. We'll see. Uh, But the uh, uh, much to Spike's enjoyment, the Bundesliga is back. Uh, within the next week, the uh, top-flight German league is going to resume play, and I wanted to know who the guys thought were going to come out on top. We've got, obviously, Bayern Munich, uh, the perennial favorite, um, but this time challenged by at least two. Um, RB Leipzig has an amazing team, and uh, Dortmund. So uh, who you guys got for uh, winning? Thanks. I don't I, I like the Bundesliga, like what? Bundesliga, it's a German car. Um, I would okay. go with Bayern Munich. Oh, you okay? So you know, okay. Me no, too. I just go. Me too. I would also go Bayern Munich with Bayern Munich. That sounds like I'm all about Bayern. That's definitely what I'm about over I don't here. Know why he asked this question? I don't. I don't. Let me ask you about a your soccer league. I guess just to watch me squirm, which is fine. It's really, I mean, I think I think Chris doesn't like that. It's hard to to trip me up when asking questions. So he asked me questions about things I know nothing about at all. Um, and I'm sure that that's what this next one's going to be. Let's find out. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your AOC Millennial Minute. Back in the early 90s, James Carville coined the phrase, it's the economy, stupid. Um, Back then, he had Clinton, and they were um, essentially attacking um, George Bush on multiple things. But the main thing is the country was in a a recession, and, and it worked. There's been tons of studies done since then and even before then about the link between an incumbent winning or losing and uh, the economy. And due to the pandemic, we have um, what is about to be a pretty scary recession. Normally, people would be saying that uh, Trump was in trouble because of this, but I'm not hearing that a ton. Um, And so I'd love to hear your your guys' take on how uh, the economy uh, might affect 
the upcoming election. Thanks. Hey, look, a question I can actually talk about. Tell it. Um, so we have said on this show, and you know, because you're one of our main sponsors, you we have said on this show that the only thing that could defeat Donald Trump is a recession. That none of the Democrats had what it took to win the electoral college in the way that they need. They could run up the scoreboard in L.A. and New York, Chicago, and so forth, and, and win two, three, or even four percentage points more than Trump. But in terms of winning the state, they need to win to be able to win the election. We didn't think any of them had the the the, the what it took, with the exception of possibly Bernie. But Bernie can't get nominated in his own party. So uh, we said that the only thing that could potentially stop him is is a recession. That if recession, if the economy went bad, people would blame him, and that would be to that. What we did not anticipate was a freaking pandemic unlike that that the world the mankind has not experienced like the black death the 1920s right well the 19 teens except the difference was back then everyone was just like well i guess we just gotta tough it out and die like you know people had a different <laughs> mentality so it was you know which is why so many people died because they were like well i guess we're gonna be stuck next year like it's you know it was just a different you know the idea of of everyone shutting everything down for however many weeks or months to try to slow the the rate of growth or whatever would have been unheard of back. Um, so, in light of that, people are kind of giving them a pass right, or at least in the center art, which is why the polling hasn't dramatically changed. The other thing that Matt and I have talked about is who shows up during a pandemic. To vote really close to a bunch of other people and touch right. all the same stuff other people touch. People who think the thing is either a hoax or just completely overblown. That's Donald Trump's supporters. That's not Joe Biden's supporters. And then also in the big cities where they have, where they rely on, you know, the, the way that they can, you know, win Illinois and uh, Florida and Virginia and California even. And you know, and 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 be in contention in Texas and North Carolina, and you know, possibly even Georgia, is by running up big totals in major metro areas. Well, those are the areas that are, that are the most hard hit, and they're the areas that people are the least likely to want to, you know, go outside during during a pandemic. And it's in, it's ineffective to have them socially distanced during the during election day, which means most of them aren't even, aren't even going to be able to make it to the vote. Because it will be physically impossible for them to get there. So, obviously, the favorite is Vermin Supreme in that situation. I just thought that you gave the episode the wrong title. You called it Obamacare. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're you're a hundred percent correct there. Um, you're a hundred percent correct there. The people who, the people who are going, the people who will go out to vote, they are going to be the people who, like you said, think that this is not as bad as the media has been portraying it. The people who won't go out are the people who believe that it's as bad as the media has been telling it. And we will probably be experiencing some second or third wave right around November. 
So the people are going to say, do I want to go out to vote for Joe Biden or do I not want to go out to vote for Joe Biden? It's really important for us to get a to get Trump out of office, but man, is that worth dying is that for? Worth it? Is Joe Biden worth dying for? Is the question. Right. And to many of them, they're going to say no. Now, a lot of polls show Joe Biden is up and is up uh, by, you know, anywhere between two and six, depending on where. But these are national average polls. Right. If you take a look at the polls based on the states that Trump won versus the states that Hillary won, Trump is still going to win this thing. And it, it <laughs> unless, of course, everybody goes out and votes for Spike for VP. Um, and only I can save you, America. That's right. Only Spike can save you. Only Vermin and me and the Badger can save you. But yes, the fact that the economy is tanking, you're going to get a pass on this one because of the reason that it tanked. Well, even the the perceived reason that it tanked. The perceived reason that it tanked. And obviously, that's a big part of the reason. That and the lockdowns are a big part of why it happened. But there was already a bubble that was going to burst. So, in a way, this has helped Donald Trump a lot. It gave him an excuse. And he's been able to grandstand on blaming the Democrats on it. And he has a rabid fan base that will defend him with anything that he does. And the ones who don't defend him hate their choice candidate and are the ones who don't want to go outside to do anything, much less to vote for Joe Biden. And imagine after almost a year of telling everyone, stay in your house, do not go outside. It's selfish to want to get a haircut. It's selfish to want to go to the restaurant. But you have to come out and vote for Joe Biden. It's the worst possible optic. For the Democrats to go and tell people to go out and vote, stand in line all day long, COVID be damned, we have to stop Donald Trump. It is. If Donald Trump could have made all of this happen himself, he couldn't have done it any better mm-hmm. than if it were playing out this way. For well, That's a good firm. conspiracy theory. Yeah, I definitely do not think Donald Trump Donald Trump planned out COVID. Donald Trump is figuring out how to answer what Obamagate is. Right. And of course, I say that having spelled it wrong in our title, but I will fix that later. So anyone watching this now has no idea. Um, real quick, Logan, Logan over on Twitter. Uh, one, thanks for the retweet. Uh, everybody else should do that too. And, everyone retweet uh, us right now. Everybody retweet us or share us on Facebook right now. And uh, you're going to find out all about Spike's campaign at the end of this episode. So tune in. Stay tuned in. Cody John says, it's okay. Don't fix it. Uh, came for the Obamacare. Stay for the spike. Thank you. Uh, Jacob LaBelle says, spike and vermin are good for the well-being of my children. Worth dying for. Okay. Uh, Seth uh, says, uh, badger for Secretary of State. I am fine with that. Uh, Brian McDonald says, still love you though, Spike. Uh, glad you got some support. For the a VP nod, looking forward to things to come. Keep up the good work, Ombre. My buddy Matt is doing all right too. I guess. Lol. Thank, thank you, Brian. Thank. Yeah. Uh. So. Uh. And then Seth says, "Stabby the Narwhal," for Secretary of the Interior for some reason. So, uh, Stabby's over there, but we thank Stabby. Thank you. Stabby will always be there to support you in the American. Um. 
So yes, that's the answer to that question. Now here are two questions from hashtag laser legend Matt Hicks. Hey guys, Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney call in line. Um, I would like for you gentlemen to discuss this evening the idea that we are living in some sort of security theater uh, environment with this whole COVID-19 spread reduction plan. The reason I say that is because uh, I heard some people talking about how uh, they're taking temperatures at airports and all of this stuff. And it seemed ridiculous because you could be infected and shedding virus asymptomatically, no temperature, no cough, no nothing anywhere from a couple of days to two weeks after being infected. And then additionally, you know, you got everybody walking around wearing these recommended masks, but they're 100% ineffective if not properly worn. And if you see gaps around your nose or you have facial hair, it's not proper. Or if you take it off and there's not lines on your face from it being so tight, it's not correct. Hashtag laser legend. Yeah. So 100% correct. This is theater. Right. A couple this of months is- ago, uh, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, hey, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, hey, Dr. Fauci. That's like he, he doesn't talk that way at all. But every time we talk about no, Fauci, he should. He, should. he went on uh, CNN or MSNBC. I don't have this wasn't in the notes, so I don't have this pulled up um, months ago. And he said, "No, the masks aren't going to going to help you." And now. The CDC is going, oh, everybody should be out Everyone there wearing masks. Yeah. yeah, everybody yeah. should wear masks. And then they changed that to cloth covering because masks kind of gave like a whole facial uh, impression. So they And you couldn't get them. And, you couldn't even get masks because right. of like the hospitals had bought them all up. Right. And at the beginning, they said, no, if you have a cloth covering, that's not going to do anything for you. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. This is literally, as he said security theater they're taking this they're taking this pandemic and using it as a chance to try to control you in different ways and to make you feel like they're doing something part of the theater is the performative aspect of making you feel like don't worry the government's doing everything it can do well none of these things are effective yes but we're doing them so about put in another three trillion dollars worth of stimulus of which they're only going to give $1,200 to each taxpayer. And what's the rest of that money for? Um, it's for security theater and, and yep. every other type of theater. All of these things that they do are primarily for the purpose of giving the two things. Give you the impression that they're accomplishing something and condition you to comply with whatever ridiculous things they tell you to do. Jump down, touch toes, grab your knees, do a little shimmy, because that's going to keep you safe from COVID. Everyone do it right now or you're going to jail. It's the same thing. Everybody throw your liquids away because they might be explosives, but throw them into this huge bucket. Right next to me. Right. Yeah. Right next to this. this, Sorry, sir. This bottle of water that you're carrying and drinking from in front of me could absolutely be a bomb. Better put it in this little container next to me and all the other security, uh, uh, security personnel. Right in the middle, front, the front of the line where everyone's standing with all the other things that we think could be bombed. Right. It's theater. It is make you think something's being done to make you feel safer and make you comply with it so that you can associate safety with obedience. And that's all it is. The whole thing with the, with the, could it potentially stop some people 
from traveling if if you're if you're match you know uh, checking them for fever sure but the reality is it spreads without like like matt hicks said it spreads without fever it spreads without symptoms they increasingly believe that it's largely spread from super shedders who have no symptoms and just shed more virus than most of the people who carry it which is how sars spread sars and mers both spread most people barely spread it at all but you'd have a handful of people who were super shedders who would have little to no symptoms and would just shed virus all day long everywhere they went breathing talking on their skin just literally existing anywhere the shed the the virus virus is just pouring out of them you are not going to be able to stop them with that kind of stuff but you know what you can do you can make people feel like everything's okay because the government's in charge and you can make them feel like they have to listen to you no matter how absurd it sounds or how draconian or oppressive or ridiculous it sounds because at least they're doing something to keep you safe. That's the point of it. And increasing spending so incredible. And increasing the cost inside, yeah. Yeah, increasing spending so much that even though we were already in debt, that we were probably never going to get out of without literally just filing bankruptcy or just ending the debt. Right. There's going to be no other option after. They're going to spend like the, $10 trillion dollars this year. Thomas Massey is predicting $40 trillion in debt by the time this is all over. I believe him. Yeah, I, that sounds about right. I think he might be a little low. They're going to spend 10 to, tri- 10 to $15 trillion this year and probably the same thing next year because now they've convinced themselves, Democrats and Republicans, that they can actually spend their way out of this recession. Right. Now, if you're holding Bitcoin, that's some terrific news for you. If you're not, not the best news because... Right. When you print out $20 trillion without any corresponding value that goes along with it, you've just deteriorated everyone's money because it's the same amount of value spread out over that many more Federal Reserve notes. You know, those things you get paid in and used to spend all your, to pay all your bills, pay your rent, pay your board, whatever. Those were things, which is why the cost of living keeps going up. We're about to see some major cost of living increase and i don't oh, mean yeah. like adjustments to your social security i mean the cost of living is going to inflation is going to go way up as a result way this is this is a problem so here's our final question from hashtag laser legend hello friends it's matt hicks calling in on the chris reynolds personal injury attorney call in line um simple question for you Who is the only vice presidential candidate in the Libertarian Party to be endorsed by both the Libertarian Party Radical Caucus and the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus? Hmm, tough question. Hashtag laser legend. Hashtag laser legend indeed. We're going to have to bury the lead there a bit, Matt, because that's going to be in our our update at the end of the show. But that's an excellent question. Anybody watching could probably figure this one out. You'll never know unless you stay tuned in to the end of the show where we do the Vermin Spike update. Otherwise, who knows the answer? It could be anyone. It could be anyone. So, but thank you for that. We will be answering that. Um, Let's see here. So, speaking of things that we will hear of now because I'm saying them. Oh, thank you. Uh, speaking of thank you to people for giving us the next thing to talk about, a special shout out to our former 
I mean, very briefly, former editor-in-chief Jerry Davis, who left us to go work for a reason and make a living instead of being a volunteer. By the way... Working for us for free. By the way, if you're looking for gainful employment, just become a volunteer for us. Because you'll get hired before you can really do much of anything for us at all. Right. And it'll be like a really good job that you have to take immediately and we can't even be upset about it because why the hell would you stick around with us for free when you can make good money doing a good thing? Right. Like we've, we've, had two, we've had two editor-in-chiefs. One left for a good job at Students for Liberty and the other one left, Zuri left uh, for a good job at Reason. So no no love lost to either of them? No, no, no. Absolutely not. We love Love, love them both. Love them both. Uh, glad they're doing well. And uh, if you want a really great job, just apply with us and you will probably find a new one. Yeah. Yeah. The great job's not with us. Let's be clear. Right. Like ours is just helping us for free because you like us. But the payoff is that you do get a good job like four days later. Maybe a week. Maybe yeah. It's for a, it, on average, weeks. I think it's like eight days based yeah. on those two. Like, it's less than two weeks. So, shout out to Zuri. And uh, for the, this story here about this ridiculous... You, you've covered this more than me, but it is absolutely absurd about a uh, very abusive uh, officer in the LAPD. Yeah. So, another video went viral last week, uh, which actually got a little shadowed. This was a little overshadowed by the Ahmad, Ahmad, Ahmad uh, Arbery video. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Understandably, oh, yeah. that that video was heinous, and the fact that the fact that it happened in February, and we were only finding out about it as a nation and uh, basically the world, um, so many months later, it makes sense. But this video uh, went viral of Officer Frank Hernandez of the LAPD beating a suspect brutally while in custody. Just so everybody knows, this is actually a really brutal video. No, just standing there. He was just standing there, hands behind his back. Now, granted, we don't know what was before that, uh, as Trump would say, but he was standing there in that moment. With his hands behind his back. back. He wasn't in cuffs yet, but his hands were just right there behind his back, standing calmly. Yeah, I'm actually going to, I mean, keep talking, but I'm going to go ahead and show the first part of it again, just so you can see. Uh, Right. So he's, as, as you can see here in the video, he's standing there feet wide and hands behind the back and then officer uh frank hernandez steps back and bam just right in the back of the head and just starts swinging and at at no point during this does the guy hit back keep in mind look look at what's happening he's literally just 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 covering up while he's getting you know 
beaten in the head repeatedly in the back of the head which is a very dangerous place to get hit and literally all he is doing is holding now it will not surprise you to hear that there are some idiots out there saying things like he didn't have his hands behind his back i am encourage you if someone starts hitting you just as an experiment try just keeping your hands behind your back the whole time and not yeah. reflectively holding your head that you're being beaten on so anyway right. that went out and uh let's so, see so yeah so you know this story better than me i just watched the video and i was like holy crap right yeah i, I saw the video yesterday and i said oh we could talk about michael we could talk about uh flynn michael flynn flynn we could talk about flynn about but michael flynn, no yeah, i want to talk about this instead yeah, because yeah. fuck this yeah um, seriously so internal affairs got involved after this and shockingly it is reported that Frank is no stranger to behavioral incident. Oh wow, really? I know. Weird, right? Yeah. Uh, back in 1999 he shot a robbery suspect. Mhm. Got him. Uh in 2008 Hernandez shot Joseph Wolf in the leg as Frank was pursuing a suspect who threatened the police with a weapon. Now, many of you might be thinking, well, Joseph Wolf shouldn't have done that. Joseph Wolf <laughs> that's what, not when I read that, that, I'm like, well, that's not bad. He threatened the police with a weapon, but. Right. Joseph Wolf was a bystander who was outside of his house watching as the pursuit was happening. Then Frank uh, Hernandez told him to stop. Stop watching. Okay. He goes back to okay. go inside. He gets shot in the leg. Wolf was charged with assault with a deadly weapon, but the only weapons found in his residence were two plastic toy guns. Presumably, I'm not going to say this uh, definitely, presumably for children, but... Probably children's guns. Yeah. Probably. Uh, Wolf later accused the LAPD of fabricating charges, which were eventually dropped to cover up the entire in, uh, situation. Yep. Yep. Then, in 2010... Oh, I really hope you read this one. Hernandez shot. I'll say Hernandez shot Manuel Jimenez Zoom. Zoom? A day laborer. Zoom. Yeah. X U M. I don't know how to X-U-M, pronounce that. X U M. Yeah. I think it's Jimenez and then X U M. Yeah. Jimenez. Or and he's a, he's a day laborer from Guatemala. Right. Yep. Now, Manuel was reportedly drunk and wielding a knife uh, and had been threatened to women. Okay. Right. Not, not good to be doing. No. However, uh, Hernandez shot him twice after uh, Manuel allegedly lunged toward him. Protesters said that Manuel spoke Kiche. Yeah, Kiche, which is an indigenous Guatemalan language. Right. And could not have possibly understood the command. They said this commands to him in both English and Spanish. But he doesn't speak. He doesn't that. speak. That, he yeah. speaks K E K or K J or I don't know how to pronounce that. It's K apostrophe I C H E apostrophe. Yep. Um, so he didn't understand the command. He ended up being shot. Now, for each of these three incidences, the L.A. County District Attorney's Office found each shooting justified, including. Like, okay, the robbery suspect, that's all the information we have. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. sure. 
let's let's yeah let's err on the side of 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 of, of the doubt benefit of the doubt let's say that was justified right and manuel jimenez not 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 great optics on this one very possibly that was justified as well because whether or not he spoke the language he probably could figure out that a cop was telling him what to do and if he did actually lunge at him but here's the problem we see how he treated joseph wolf who just went back in his house and maybe he said something under his breath or whatever and so fernandez lost it and shot him and then you know covered it up by trying to say you know saying that he you know charged him with you know assault with a deadly weapon it looks like he has a history of making stuff up so now all of these are under of are under doubt are are in doubt because we see from that video it looks like the guy may have just mouthed off to him while completely complying with his orders on on being you know allowing himself to be you know cuffed and arrested it sounds like he's a hothead and if you say the wrong thing to him he's going to assault you or shoot you or whatever else and then you know charge you on trumped up charges so we don't know that Manuel uh, Zoom or whatever his name is that, you know, we don't we now have to doubt all of these things because he proven he'll lie about it and beat you up if you don't like what you said or how you acted. Yep. Um, so, yeah, here's a cop. He's fired his weapon three times. And according to a Pew Research survey from 2017, only 27 percent of officers have said they have ever fired their weapon. And he's done it three times. He's done it three times. In it, three times in just over 20 years. Right. 20 so this years. isn't, I've been a beat cop for 50 years and I had to pull out my gun three times. This is 20 years. Like this is, you're, you're sensing a pattern here. I try. So yeah, yeah so this guy's. A so that's three times he shot somebody and then you just saw him on video beating a suspect. You just saw him on video beating a suspect. And like Trey Gowdy says, why do we need the video? How many times has this happened before? Because I'm just based on three times he's pulled his gun when only 27% of cops say they've done it, you know, at least one. Yep. Everybody else is like, no, never had to do it. 27% of the time, that's what cops are saying. He has pulled it three times and you have him on video beating somebody. There is a pattern here yeah this is and and unfortunately this is what happens very often you don't know which came first the chicken or the egg but regardless a lot of times people who are like him get attracted to law enforcement the reason they get attracted to law enforcement is that your job you get to essentially tell people what to do and if they don't listen you have a lot of latitude in how to deal with them and a lot of latitude in reporting what happened. So you get to explain how it went and deference is given to your version of the story over others unless there's evidence against you. Otherwise, if it's he said, she said, they go with what the cop said. And that attracts a lot of people who want to abuse that so that they can just be a dick and just right. beat people up and shoot people and, and be a scumbag. And, I think it looked like Frank Hernandez is an example of that. Right. And he does not deserve the leniency of the LAPD. He does not deserve the leniency of the court. No. Will he get it? Probably. He's a prime example of what can happen when people 
become police officers. Or again, how the types of people that can get attracted to that job. Sometimes people get into that job and over time they get influenced by the culture and they become something like this. Some people are, you know, remain really good people and whether or not they're, you know, the best in terms of enforcing things or or being fair, they they at least aren't going around beating everyone uh who who doesn't, you know, listen to them or says something uh under their breath or mouth off or whatever. So, uh just another example of why we as libertarians believe that voluntary solutions are better than coerced ones because coerced solutions happen at the end of a barrel of a gun, usually often wielded by people like Frank Hernandez. And I would just soon not have to deal with people like Frank Hernandez ever. Yeah, no, if I, if I'm in LA and I'm getting pulled over, my first question is, is your name, Frank Hernandez, your name, Frank Hernandez. While you're recording, they go, yes, I don't answer questions. And then that's a perfect example of shut up. Shut up. Don't say a word. Don't say a word to Frank Hernandez. Just record him. And and that's the sad thing is you don't know when you're getting pulled over. If you're getting pulled over by a Frank Hernandez. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. You'll know pretty quickly, but there's no way initially to know. Nor can you choose. Say, excuse me. Uh, you're Frank Hernandez. I would absolutely love to speak with someone else besides you. I think you, you and I can just sit here and take it easy and wait for someone else to come. And then you can go, you can go about your business. I, I have a friend and I'm not going to, I'm not going to name him, but he lives uh, in South Carolina and he talked about how he was driving down the road and, uh, you know, dark, you know, late at night uh, on a country road got pulled over by a cop uh the cop you know and, and he said he thinks he might have been speeding but he, he got pulled over and the cop you know is yelling at him getting mouthy with him and he's trying to just calm the cop down and he's a black man and the cop was white and the cop's getting more and more worked up more and more worked up and you know at one point he just says something like officer just relax i'm gonna give you whatever you need guy, don't tell me to relax so he pulls open my friend's car i almost said his name pulls open my friend's car door drags him out puts him down on the ground and and you know and is you know yelling at him and he's thinking i'm a black man in you know on the dirt right now i'm lying in the dirt by the side of the road at like you know three in the clock in the three o'clock in the morning he was coming back from uh you know from wherever he had been friends houses or whatever and you know i could get killed right now and thankfully another cop showed up and said, what's going on here? And he's like, hey, he's threatening me or whatever he said. And that cop got that cop, the original cop, go and relax somewhere and calm down. And he dealt with my friend and they gave him a ticket, I think, for speeding or uh, brake light out or something like that. Whatever, whatever it was, they cited him and then he was able to leave. If that cop hadn't shown up, that second cop, he could have been killed. Yeah, who knows? We have no idea. Or that cop was just, you know, doing anything he could to get my friend worked up so that he could then beat him or kill him or what. We don't know. But thankfully, that other cop showed up and de-escalated the first cop. It looks like Frank Hernandez needs to have someone around him at all times de-escalating him. Or he could just be punished for what he's done or at the very least lose the badge. But I got some good news for you, folks. We're going to put an end to that. show where we were just spewing bad news at you. We're going to end on a good note. Because 
this is all going to come to an end because soon vermin supreme and i are going to be the president and vice president of the united states of america all of these things that we're talking about will no longer now you may be wondering well how's the campaign going well it's going fantastic so uh vermin was in the very first and i forgot to get a screenshot of it but vermin was in uh a uh, libertarian party of kentucky debate it was the first one that uh noon recent candidate entry uh justin amash newcomer Justin amash was in and uh vermin did very well there was actually a poll that was done and i didn't get a screenshot of it but he uh he won the internet poll uh that was done by a third party called uh star vote uh he won 918 to 56 something and i don't have that screenshot but some other interesting stuff happened. One, I won a poll, Muddy Waters Media poll, uh, with a thousand over a thousand votes in. I beat uh, Larry Sharp and uh, John McAfee and Ken Armstrong for the question of who is the preferred uh, vice presidential nominee. And you might be saying, "Well, that's fantastic." Certainly, there's no better news that could have happened this week be wrong because two things happened actually many things happened since then a lot of endorsements have come in but two fairly notable endorsements that all happened on the same day uh that was a yeah. wild uh, sunday was wild this is when all the voting happened the the uh so on monday it was announced that on sunday the uh libertarian party radical caucus the original caucus of the libertarian party and the uh, some would call it the conscience of the libertarian party uh, decided to endorse, endorse truly for vice president, uh, because, saying that I am the most principled and radical libertarian candidate. They called me, quote, a real libertarian. And that, by the way, was written by none other than Mark Montoni. Anyone who knows Mark Montoni should probably put some serious weight into the fact that Mark Montoni referred to me as a real libertarian. I don't know that Mark Montoni has ever called anyone, including himself, a real, I'm sure he has. But anyway, so that was a big deal. Outside of himself, I don't think the list is very long. It's not a long list. So that was very, uh, 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 that was a, a big honor, and I was very happy to receive that. Now, I did tell you last week, of course, that I was in the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus VP forum, not debate, forum between me, uh, Larry Sharp, and Ken Armstrong. Uh, and they, and I also showed you that they had done a, uh, internal poll of members, uh, where they asked, uh, who won and I beat Larry by, uh, I think seven votes, six votes like that. It was a close race, but I did win, uh, their member poll. And then we found out earlier today that the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus executive committee voted unanimously to endorse me for vice president. Right there. So, I'm no longer just Spike Cohen VP candidate. I'm Spike Cohen Radical Caucus and Mises Caucus endorsed VP candidate. Which is a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal. And if anybody out there isn't a member of the Libertarian Party, the fact that these two caucuses 
are in agreement says a lot. Yeah. That says a lot. It says a lot. So, and for the same reason. Right. Because they both cited me being a principled, committed, radical libertarian. And the fact that these two groups agreed on that is unprecedented, actually. So, that happened. Oh! Breaking news. I'm going to be on Taxation is Theft Fest, otherwise known as Tit Fest, hosted by Dan Berman this Saturday, the 16th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we'll be doing that. And we'll be talking about the uh, disruptive politics, using the disruptive methods to uh, to get your political message out there, especially in these times when we rely on you know, social media and the internet to do our campaigning and our messaging. Um, so I will be talking about that for about an hour. And if you are a delegate, you will more than likely be hearing directly from me or from one of my campaign surrogates who are heavy, including Matt right there, uh, and including Matt Hicks, Matt Hicks right here, uh, who will be out uh, calling the delegates on my behalf. And uh, if you wish to speak with me, they will certainly be able to arrange that as well. Uh, So I will be on the campaign trail because on March 22nd, the Libertarian Party is getting together, not this weekend, but next, what, May 22nd, uh, getting together, not this week, uh, uh, weekend, but next, to choose the nominee. We will see how that goes. And I will be working on a lot of appearances and interviews and all sorts of fun stuff in between now and then in order to very possibly secure the VP nominee. We will see how it goes. So yeah, so uh, that's happening. Tomorrow, uh, I have a guest who is 50-50 on whether they'll be able to do it. So if they're not able to do it, I'll probably end up just doing an AMA. Uh, I also will be doing all sorts of Zoom calls uh, on various uh, uh, various different platforms uh, in order to uh, get in front of as many delegates and functionaries from state parties as possible. And uh going to be very, very busy. And then be sure to tune in next Tuesday, which is the 19th, for a very special pre- convention episode of Muddy Waters Freedom, followed by an equally very special pre-convention episode of My Fellow American, right here on Muddy Waters. So Matt, if someone were to be on this internet thing here and were looking to find us, is that even possible? And if so, how? It is possible. Uh, you could go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Media. You can go to Twitter at muddied underscore waters. You can go to float, F-L-O-T-E dot app slash Media. You can find us on Anchor for the sweet, buttery, soulful goodness of just our voice. Buttery Anchor soul. Dot, what's that? Buttery soul. Buttery soul. Uh, at anchor.fm slash waters. 
You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Mighty Waters Media. You can find us on Instagram at Instagram, or sorry, at uh, Muddy Waters Media. And you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Muddy Waters Media. And you can find this in every other episode of Muddy Waters Media on, you guessed it, muddiedwatersmedia.com. Dot com. And of course, if you're looking for me, my campaign stuff on the internet, you go to spike2020.com is my website. You can find me on Twitter at real spike cohen you can find me on facebook at literally spike cohen you can actually type in in the facebook search bar the at symbol and literally spike cohen and my page spike cohen your next vp will come up or you can type facebook.com slash literally spike so be sure to tune in and we will see you tomorrow and then the day after that yeah Thank you again for tuning in. And where we're going, we don't need...